the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They're expected to be released perhaps as early as today by Attorney General William Barr. Most analysts are not expecting much, but when it comes to the political realm... I think it's it's going to be good politics for the Republicans because I think the Democrats are going to search in vain as they try to impeach their progressive caucus, the Rashida Tlaibs, the Ilan Omars, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes, on an impeachment quest that's not going to turn into anything. Most Americans want to get on with the business of America. Political analyst and Salem radio talk show host Seth Liebson Democrats are demanding the release of the full report with no redactions. 61% of Americans in a new poll say they say safety in churches, synagogues, and mosques is worse than it was 20 years ago. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Common Ground Broadcasting Radio Stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC. From time to time, Salem TC will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents, and winner is responsible for any and all taxes. For a list of full contest rules, see this station's website for details. Just past 1 o'clock here in our Egan-based studios. Good afternoon, Patriot listeners, here on your Sunday. And do you want all the perks of a rewards card with none of the hassle? Well, then check out the AM1280 The Patriot Fan Club. All you got to go to, all you got to do is go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on the fan club, and then you get access to pre-sale tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and so much more. It's a sweet VIP club. Please check it out. And for your forecast today, high of 52 degrees and mostly cloudy skies. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. And Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. Take your phone call at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. With any comments or questions regarding today's show content, as always, we appreciate you tuning into the broadcast as uh, we're back in the uh, Patriot Bunker for another uh, another week. I think it's been a while since I've had two consecutive uh, Sundays in the Patriot Bunker. I was on vacation uh, a couple weekends ago, and uh, now I'm uh, back for a, a second consecutive week. But uh, spring has sprung, apparently, so uh, that is uh, also some very good news. So if you can't listen to the broadcast live, hopefully you are indulging at least 
via the podcast. Uh, got a lot of uh, stuff to get to today. Got a couple of guests uh, coming up on the program as well, talking some local issues as well as some national news stories. So we uh, hopefully uh, you'll be tuned in for that. I uh, want to get to uh, kind of, I think I'll spend the first hour kind of some local stuff. And then at one fifteen. Uh, my state senator, Jim Abler, Republican out of Anoka, will be joining us to talk about the myriad issues going on at the uh, Minnesota legislative session. So we will uh, definitely a lot, a lot to talk about there. Uh, that is for certain. Uh, the session's only uh, another couple of months away from uh, from winding down. Uh, so it looks like there's uh, some pretty uh, wide disagreements between the governor and uh, Senate Republicans. So. We'll definitely get to that, but I at least first want to get to a, uh, a Fox 9 story that came out a couple of weeks ago. Now, let me kind of set this up. We've talked a little bit about uh, the uh, fraudulent uh, activity that has taken place with the CCAP program. Of course, CCAP is an acronym for uh, Child Care Assistance Program, and this is a program that helps low-income families with child care expenses. And uh, this is something we're going to talk more in depth with Senator Abler in the next segment. But but I do want to get to uh, Governor Tim Walz finally coming out publicly late last week. How are we going to address this? Because uh, legislative auditor Jim Nobles came out with a very damning report uh, detailing millions upon millions of dollars of fraud. How much exactly? Well, uh, the what I've been seeing is it's anywhere from between $5 million and a hundred million dollars. Now that's quite a disparity. That's quite a uh, that that's definitely quite a gap, to say the least. Uh, what exactly it is, we don't know. But there's definitely fraud involved. And what this uh, apparently was was uh, this program. Well, any, any program like this where there's a lot of uh, significant dollars changing hands, it's going to be ripe with. Fraud, and obviously, you're going to want to have some investigators in the uh, Department of Human Services in an effort to keep tabs on this stuff. Because let's face it, there are going to be people who want to take advantage of any gaps in the system. So, I will read a little bit about this from this Fox 9 story. Governor Tim Walz is seeking $5.3 million to strengthen investigations and requirement that staffers get sensitivity training as he tries to crack down on fraudsters in Minnesota's child care system. Walls' proposal is now in the hands of lawmakers one week after the state's legislative auditor could not determine how much fraud was within Minnesota's child care assistance program. The auditor found dysfunction within the Department of Human Services unit that's supposed to investigate fraud, and the top investigator is now calling herself a scapegoat. Walls has not yet held a news conference to outline his proposal. Thursday, Deputy DHS Commissioner Chuck Johnson explained it to lawmakers in the House Early Childhood Committee. Uh, we need to be effective at addre- addressing the waste, fraud, and abuse in the system. Drink! I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Whenever someone is brought in to testify, we need to get our arms around this waste, fraud, and abuse, you know. And then, okay, it's big talk, but nothing ever happens. You ever notice that? And these are their three favorite words. Well, we need to take waste, fraud, and abuse in the system. But no one ever really wants to substantively address it. And this is the problem with government that is too big, is the fact that there is millions of dollars. Again, we get, the, he hasn't been legislative auditor nobles, wasn't able to determine specifically how much. But again, 
when you have a gap between five million and a hundred million dollars, and that's basically a rounding error in the whole overall budget, government's too big. I'm sorry, it is. And this idea that, well, you know what, we're going to uh, try to root out this waste, fraud, and abuse in the system. They throw the uh, uh, DHS uh, person under the um, uh, the bus. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the top investigator, I guess, was uh, thrown under the bus for this. And so that's this is this is the exact playbook that big government always subscribes to. Is there's a scapegoat that you you know get rid of and say, well, we need to really get a handle on this. Oh yeah, we need some more money to do it. Isn't that amazing? The government ineptitude with millions upon millions, sometimes billions of dollars, and they say, well, you know what? We can't let this happen, so here, give us a few million more to take care of this. It happened with Minsure. How many millions upon millions have they poured into that thing, and it's still not functional? Or with Minlars, that they still haven't got fixed. And how many? what, what is it they want for that? $100 million? It, it, it's... it's you, you can predict it as easily as, as saying that the sun is going to set in the West, that they're going to want more money to get their, their hands around this. That, that's, that's how it always goes. It's never enough. And these issues never get fixed. Now, again, when you're dealing with human beings who are committed to, be, to committing fraud and the department that oversees this is in cahoots with the people who are in, who are receiving these dollars and they collude like that. Okay. It's hard. It's, it's hard that much harder to track. I get that. But it seems to me that a lot of these uh, investigative channels were just completely broken. So I'll continue to read more of this uh, Fox nine story where I left off again, uh, Chuck Johnson, who is a a deputy department of human services commission, we need to be effective at addressing the waste, fraud, and abuse in the system, Johnson said. We need to do it in a way that partnerships with those interested in working with us and not creating divisions when we need to. Uh, among Walls' proposals, require child care centers to produce attendance reports at any moment to inspectors. Falsified attendance reports and lack of an electronic reporting system have come under scrutiny. Spend $5.3 million to build a fraud tracking system, hire DHS inspectors, data analysts, and Bureau of Criminal Apprehensions agents to investigate wrongdoing, and force staffers to undergo training on cultural sensitivity and implicit bias. Some of the child care centers under scrutiny have been Somali-run. So wait a minute. So, what? okay, Undergo sensitivity training. So what? We're just supposed to randomly select any daycare centers, whether they're suspected in fraud or not, but in order to not offend someone else's culture and just specifically investigate the daycare centers that were under the most scrutiny? That doesn't make any sense. If there's fraud and highly suspected fraud in a specific daycare center, no one checks to see... First and foremost, what nationality or background of the kids that are being sent there? That doesn't that that that's irrelevant. What's relevant is there are legitimately millions of dollars that are basically being stolen, fraudulently reported. So this and you know kudos to Representative Mary Franzen, a friend of the Northern Alliance. 
Uh, there is a competency problem in this government in taking fraud seriously, said Representative Franz and a Republican out of Alexandria. Fraud does not see skin color. Fraud is fraud. It doesn't matter who is committing fraud. The committee was scheduled to consider the Walls plan Thursday evening. Democrats are carrying the bill in the House and have not ruled out making changes to it. Uh, there are proposals that the administration is bringing forward. And then as pr- uh, the process goes, we're adding, expanding, and identifying areas of improvement, said State Representative Dave Pinto, a DFL out of St. Paul, who is a lead author of the bill. Meanwhile, Walls' plan earned a mixed reaction from minority-owned daycare centers and community activists. Some pointed to the focus on cultural sensitivity as a positive. We cannot over we cannot look at poorly run centers through the lens of criminality because it takes money and resources to be high quality, said Nazaro Abshir, who owns the Family First Child Care Center in Minneapolis, which she said serves more than a hundred children. Centers that are struggling need to be supported and not demonized. Well, I agree, but again, if there's fraudulent activity and there's people within these centers that are knowingly committed fraud, I don't much care how much upgrade the centers need. If you're committing fraud, that's not the way to go about it. Okay? And the very taxpayers that are having to foot the bill with this, I think they have a say in it. Right? Now, now I agree, don't just go targeting daycare centers because they're primarily minority kids going there. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But again, when a thorough investigation is conducted and something's not adding up here, then, I'm sorry, it's not inappropriate to put focus in those particular centers. Uh, Another man told lawmakers that the governor's plan would only lead to increased investigations. Uh, We are getting targeted, said Mahad Omar. As a debate played out in the Early Childhood Committee, the former leader of the state's fraud investigation unit spoke publicly about being placed on paid leave amid an investigation. In a statement provided by her son, Inspector General Carolyn Ham said the accusations against her are, quote, completely without merit, close quote. This controversy has become a political distraction, and I am eager for the truth to come to light, Ham said in the statement. The results of this investigation will show there was no failure of leadership on my part. Ham hasn't been given the complaint that DHS officials say was made against her, A spokeswoman has declined to release a copy of the complaint to Fox 9, saying it is protected under the state's data practices law. Okay, well, that's the other component to this. If Ms. Hamm is being uh, truthful here and forthright, then, yeah, this this is the typical big government playbook. Throw someone under the bus and get more money for this particular program to show that you are somehow doing due diligence even though nothing will ever change. So, um, yeah, this is going to, uh, we, we'll definitely talk to Senator Abler in the next segment uh, about this, about where it uh, where it goes from here, what kind of investigations and whatnot. And uh, a lot of other issues to get to as well. Obviously, the uh, 70% increase in the gas tax, which Governor Walls is proposing, is being pushed back upon by senators, including uh, Senator Abler, so definitely a lot to get to in these next couple of segments. And we're also here to take your phone calls as well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. I don't mind you coming here Wasting all my time We 
work hard our entire lives to provide for our families with the hope one day to enjoy our retirement. Our whole lives, we've been told what to do with our investments, and now we're nervous that we may not have enough to live the life we want. Learn to be the best steward of your money. At Online Trading Academy, we offer a free investing class. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone, use keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the buy one, get one free paint sale at Ace, our biggest paint sale of the year. Buy a gallon of our top paint brands like Valspar and Clark and Kensington and get the second free. And you know what else is free? Our help. With the Ace Extra Mile Promise, get everything you need to paint in one trip or deliveries free. Don't miss the buy one, get one free paint sale. Now through Monday, only at Ace. Limit two delivery subject to availability. Visit acehardware.com for more details. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Do we have our guest on the line? Okay, fantastic. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the uh, child care assistance program fraud that was uncovered by legislative auditor Jim Noble uh, recently in a report that came out over that. And a lot of things going on in the Minnesota legislature, including Governor Walz, getting significant pushback on a 70% increase to the gas tax and many other issues that are coming up. And who better to discuss these issues than my own state senator is Senator Jim Abler, a Republican out of Anoka. 
His uh, district encompasses, of course, the aforementioned city of Anoka, as well as my home city of Ramsey, Andover, and a small sliver of Coon Rapids. Uh, a lot to get to uh, regarding this legislative session, and uh, we are honored at this time to be joined by the aforementioned Senator Jim Abler. Uh, Jim, how are you today, sir? Hey, thanks for having me, and it is a good day. Uh, spring has actually come to the city of Ramsey, and actually included Anoka. The Rum River is actually two-thirds out with the ice, so... Fantastic. Maybe there's hope after all. We can just get through this political challenge. Uh, there'll be grass to mow and flowers to uh, smell. So, yeah, different kind of different kind of storm going on down at uh, St. Paul, Jim Abler. We we certainly have been keeping tabs on that, and obviously you've been uh, uh, very uh, uh, up to date with all of your legislative updates. So I definitely want to get to some areas of that. I, the first mm-hmm. segment, Jim, I did talk significantly about the child care assistance program or CCAP fraud, and I remember last year. During the session, you had an opportunity to uh, talk to someone who uh, uh, was kind of a uh, kind of a whistleblower on this issue, and obviously, it's been followed up by Legislative Auditor Jim Nobles. Uh, maybe kind of detail a little bit, Jim, uh, what the uh, auditor found and uh, where we go from here. Well, it's uh, remarkable, and it's amazing what one hearing can do sometimes, and what it can provoke. We uh, met last May uh, amid concerns about fraud and suitcases of cash going overseas and right. and so uh it was uh, a pretty you know excited kind of a time with assertions and uh not all could be documented but what did come is that there's a huge a huge internal problem at the department of human services with regard to their fraud uh, i thought i was being kind of brave when i told the commissioner and the inspector general that i thought they were lax about this and which is you know, senators don't really get too big on the, the big words, but like, you know, we think you're, uh, you can work a lot harder at this. And it turns sure. out that they didn't get along. The uh, chief inspector investigator there wrote a nine page letter about his concerns about the program to the le- legislative order, uh, in particular about how badly the inspector general was communicating. They, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that the investigations are being diverted uh, away from productive places. And that, in, in short, uh, it was things are going very badly. Uh, that provoked uh, the department to do their own internal investigation called the PFM report, um, which you might want to link on your website. We can get that for you. There's there's report, the legislative auditor report, and this PFM, which is the name of a company. Okay. And they found that seven percent of the childcare money was fraudulent mm. or went to fraudulent people. Uh, and you know, if they found seven, then there's got to be ten or fifteen, and and then you wonder who's watching the rest of the thirty-four billion dollars we spent in the human services niche every two years. And it just is not flattering at all for uh, for the actually the end of the Dayton administration and the beginning of the Walls administration about their seemingly disregard for following the law and watching uh, every penny. Uh, you know, maybe that lets some, let some pennies go, but the hundreds of millions, then that kind of turns into real money. And right. like, holy cow, it was a, it was a holy cow moment as we watched the thing uh, 10 days ago. And, and obviously this is something that uh, certainly the legislative auditor uh, looked into. And now uh, it's not only talking about waste, fraud and abuse, you know, wasteful spending is one thing. But now it's something that is uh, kind of, uh, is, it, is that correct, Jim, under the purview of the uh, Bureau of Criminal Apprehensions? I mean, millions of dollars uh, being diverted like this, it, it's undeniably criminal activity. 
Right, and they actually didn't find a lot of evidence about the overseas piece, and they, okay. they couldn't confirm or deny that, just to be fair. Okay. Uh, but what did, they did find was extreme cases of slacker behavior by the Department of Human Services and their oversight over a quarter-billion-dollar area. Mm-hmm. And as I've watched and gotten reports from other people, I, I'm, now, I'm now concerned about the integrity of the whole $34 billion, and not that there's like half of it going to the wrong place. But if only if 5% go to the wrong place, that's over a billion dollars. It's a billion and a half dollars just right. at 5%. Right. And I don't know, your, your, your listeners, I know some of them, they are a very generous bunch. But when it comes to, and, and they're, but they're already challenged in their own lives, paying sure. taxes and you know, doing their, giving to Caesar what he would have. Right. Uh, but thought that any uh, significant amount of that money would be wasted or, and carelessly overseen. It drives me wild, and it's got to drive your listeners totally crazy. And they should be. They should be totally angry about this. This is horrible. And it's, um, and we're doing all we can to try to right the ship. Now, one of the latest, uh, in reference to this, Governor Waltz indicated that, okay, we got to get our arms around this. Uh, uh, and, and as I was talking about in the first segment, Jim, isn't it amazing when we need to get our arms around something? It always needs more funding, more money, whether it's Minsure, Minlars, or this particular situation. And then the governor almost, uh, he indicated that uh, uh, that the department needs to go through some cultural sensitivity training. How is that relevant to this, Jim Abler? Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. So you have a department that is totally running aground. So let's give them more people that they will mismanage and not do their job with. You know, it's, um, it, it's, it's totally remarkable. And then when they look at the savings that some of these staff are going to provide, the only reason to save any money to the state and their projections is they get a federal match on part of their legis- on part of their salaries. Mm. Uh, they have them saving I think, um, uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars a person per year in their findings. Like, wow. In a, in a place where they've said they're 7%. And so so at some point you're going to wonder, what are you going to do about it? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Do you realize that the counties only look after the clients? They don't look after the providers and the vendors of the service? Oh, okay. So let's say you're a well-intended county uh, commissioner, and we have a lot of those around this place. Sure. Uh, and there's some fraud is going on at a child care center or some other agency that's doing human services work. So they would contact the local investigators, and Elko only has three for the county, um, and then they would get a hold of the state and, and make a report. The state would go like, well, thank you, and uh, we'll get to it. In the meantime, the money keeps flowing to the place right. that's under suspicion, mm-hmm. and in most cases, they never quite get around to investigating. So pull your hair out. Um, and so what we're going to be doing in our proposal is to actually let the county be the primary overseer of these uh, vendors and care centers, et cetera. So they drive by, they see a problem. Um, they call the state. They say, you got any sting operations going on? You got an investigation underway? Nope. Okay, well, we're on it. Let us know if you need some help. And then they'll go, and they can turn the, they can turn the funding off within a week mm. and bring these places to their knees, and then they can explain why they're, they should continue to get the money that your people work so hard to send them. What about, uh, and obviously we uh, talked a little bit about uh, Carolyn Ham. She was one of the higher-ups in the uh, Department of uh, Human Services. Uh, you know, and again, 
this may, I don't know if this is uh, appropriate for you to comment on Jim, but do you think that uh, do you think there's any credence to her assertion that she was made a scapegoat in this whole thing? Well, I, I do have to say, you, you'd be amused. You know, I'm a I am your powerful senator, and I'm the, the chairman of another very important committee. Uh, do you know how many memos I've received from the Department of Services and inside information on this topic? Uh, find a blank piece of paper. That's how much they've told me since wow. we had our hearing on the on the 13th. Okay. And, like, wouldn't you want to give me a heads up and so we can kind of solve this problem together? It's, it's actually one Minnesota, after all. You know, we're all together and we're going to try to make sure everything is well done. So, frankly, I don't, I don't know. Um, if you read on the legislative auditor report, uh, which is available, uh, you're going to want to put that on your website, I'm sure. It's, um, sure. But the, the most compelling part about that is, is a nine-page memo from a fellow named Swanson, who's the lead investigator. Mm-hmm. It is as scathing a report as you would ever want to have under your watch. And it's hard to imagine that Carolyn Ham and God bless her, um, had nothing to do with not talking to them in the hallway and having no communication with their investigators and ignoring them at all turns when they came to her with stuff. Okay. So I don't think she's a scapegoat. I think, but I think the whole department is set up wrong. We have an inspector who uh, reports to the commissioner that she is supposed to be investigating. Okay. Um, and like, huh? And so she needs to, this office needs to be independent and not even under the governor in a separate place, either as a standalone office or maybe tie this uh, inspector general into the legislative auditor or into the, the state auditor who actually has the power to audit things and who actually knows how to audit things and then pan them with the Bureau of Criminal Administration. When they find um, something, they can go after them with all kinds of, uh, you know, credibility in, in their claims. And, and I think that the chilling effect on the fraud will go a long way. But I'll tell you, the governor and the commissioner and the department, they're like, well, looks like rain, maybe. We should, we should think about this. Let's throw some more money at it. And we think we're good. That's really their attitude. And the House, the, the, the DSL-controlled House, isn't even going to have a hearing about this. And it's their own report, which is not some, some right-wing you know, report that was just done on their own. This is their own report that they spent $90,000 on and our own state legislative auditor that is saying, you once, are in trouble, you need to respond. Once it, again, it, we are joined it, by Minnesota shocking. State Senator Jim Abler, he, uh, Senator out of Anoka, uh, Ramsey, and, and over in Coon Rapids. Uh, Jim, we need to take a break. Hold over for another segment. We'll be back in Miramones right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go. Where do you go for the latest news and insight into what's happening in Minnesota policy and politics? Americans for Prosperity Radio. Join host Jason Flores for conversation about the issues that matter most and to get the knowledge you need to make a difference. From City Hall to the State Capitol to the Halls of Congress, we're pulling back the curtain and giving you an inside perspective on the economy, health care, education, and more. Americans for Prosperity, Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for a rewards card you can't seem to find. At AM 1280 The Patriot, we've simplified the process. All the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Freedom Fan Club. 
where you'll get early access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kloharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Nor- Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. Also, weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing our discussion with Minnesota State Senator Jim Abler, who happens to represent the area I live in, Senate District 35, which covers my home city of Ramsey, as well as Anoka, Andover, and a small sliver of Coon Rapids. Uh, Talk the first segment about the Child Care Assistance Program uh, fraud that has been taking place and a, a very, as uh, Senator Abler alluded to, a very scathing report put forth by legislative auditor Jim Nobles. You're definitely going to want to get out there and uh, read all about that. want to switch gears, Senator Abler, to uh, Governor Waltz uh, proposing a 70% increase in the gas tax. And one of the big stories from this past week, uh, Senator Abler, is uh, he made a trip up to our neck of the woods up in uh, Anoka County and... Uh, I think called you out by name, asking you why you uh, are opposing this gas tax. You need to be there to uh, explain yourself. Well, uh, I think you were otherwise occupied, Senator Abler, doing your job down in St. Paul, perhaps. Uh, was that the situation? Well, maybe in Congress, you know, you get a lot of middays that are free. But, right. you know, being in a majority in the legislature, middays during the week, we are just jammed. And actually, uh, without getting too far in the weeds on that part, they really didn't even invite me to come until an hour and a half before. Huh. 
And so I, I thought I would, I sent a tweet out, which uh, you maybe saw. I thanked him for his coming to my neighborhood. <laughs> I did. Yes. Kind of a wrong thing. So he come to my backyard. Thanks for coming to my neighborhood uh, with your concerns about the most dangerous rail crossing in Minnesota. And then I went on and said, we don't need a gas tax, sales tax, or car tab fees to fix this. I look forward to working with you to solve very bad problems. And, I mean, you should just be, never mind anything about the gas tax part. Yeah, we'll get to that. But just the fact that this is the most dangerous crossing in the state. Mm-hmm. Our, our, is, our transportation budget is, is a couple billion dollars. I don't know the amount, but it's, it's a lot. Sure. You think in that money, that place, you couldn't find $20 million to put it to fix this and say we need to pass a 20-cent gas tax. And he actually, he didn't mention the uh, sales tax or car tab fees in Anelka when he came out. That was a little party left off. So the guy runs on a dime. I'm going to increase your taxes 10 cents. And then, oh, by the way, 20 cents. And, oh, by the way, sales tax and car tabs. And um, I ran a little spray on my little newsletter, and it is totally unscientific. But in my unscientific world that I live in, 70% of, of 348 people wrote and said, forget it. We don't want a penny. And you and I uh, wind up at the same Menards once in a while. And I was shopping yesterday, and five people buttonholed me as I was shopping. And I ran into people like one at a time or less. Mm-hmm. Five people like don't do the gas tax. What are you doing? What's he thinking? <laughs> right. Um, it is just remarkable. And, and actually, there's even another punchline to this story. Uh, in 2017, uh, the Republican-led legislature transferred $230 million a year to the highway fund to be used only for roads and bridges, which is equivalent to 6.8 cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing the governor does in his 20-cent proposal is shift that back uh, to the general fund which means the first 6.8 cents of gas tax is going to go for anything but roads, mm, okay. uh, education, higher ed, whatever the most foolish thing he buys in his budget, we're going to do the gas tax for that item. And uh, so this is even a worse proposal than people would think. So one third of the money you're going to pay at the pump, if you're a senior, a fixed income person, or even just a regular human being, one third of it's not going to fund anything related to a road so uh and he's unhappy that we're unhappy it's like uh we're unhappy people i don't know you might have a lot of rich listeners but the people i hang around with um (laughs) don't feel like they have 20 cents more to pay for for gas well and i think yeah regardless of someone's uh certainly their uh, economic status i think if if they're going to increase taxes and and they see that they're going for meaningful projects and and let's be fair senator abler it's not like you've been uh tagged with the label as Dr. No on tax increases, you've always been very pragmatic, very <laughs> open to say, well, I'm being serious here. You've always been very open yeah. to some of these uh, particular particular issues. And this idea that you're pushing back on this, I think your word probably carries a lot more weight than some of those others who, who like to uh, pride themselves on being the most fiscally conservative members in the legislature. So, you know, kudos to you for, for, for standing up and, and pushing back on this uh, as you alluded to, this meeting you weren't even invited to. I don't know who, people who show up to meetings they aren't invited to, but that just kind of seemed like a very disingenuous thing that uh, that Governor Waltz did uh, the other day. Well, it was a stunt, you know. And, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I don't. I think upon retros, upon hindsight, it wasn't the successful trip they might have hoped for. Mm-hmm. Because this actually provoked this whole issue of brought to light a lot of these elements, and I do admit that I helped to bring to light his own proposal. Just tell us what you're proposing. 
And you've never heard of a gas tax that one-third of which doesn't go to roads. Right. And that should be the most offensive to anybody. At least the gas tax is designed by the Constitution to all go to roads. And this is a way to bypass the Constitution. So um, God bless America. <laughs> uh, we do actually uh, have a uh, caller on line two, uh, Senator Abler. Uh, Mark from St. Louis Park is calling in. Mark, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Senator Jim Abler. Uh, thanks, Brad. Another great show. I'll be real quick. Couple, two quick questions. It's telling that the House is not holding hearings. Mr. Aylber, two questions. Would the Senate have held hearings with the Democrats from the majority, number one? Number two, the personal care tenant system. I think that's just as bad as the, the daycare as far as fraud. Do you know if there's fraud going on in the personal care uh, tenant system? Uh, program and i'll hang up and listen thanks a lot thanks Mark. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it um i'm concerned about the personal care attendance system and we have a whole uh if you look at file four we've been working on this all session it's really my bill and senator ralph has agreed to carry it and we are trying to crack down on about 15 elements of getting more integrity program integrity on the front end just to head off the fraud with um and then it's a there is no program that seems like it's totally in good shape, and the PCA program is one of those, and that's on our list. And, and actually, from the judgment of the, the way that the Senate Democrats have reacted to every hearing we've had, they're like, oh, well, is this the right time? Uh, can you believe these people? Is this a stunt? And whatever you think about stunts, and we are totally capable of stunts, both sure. sides do them. <laughs> this is the department's own yeah. They hired somebody for $90,000 and came up with a report saying, by the way, 7% fraud. There's an equal or greater number in the PCA program. Our own auditor, who is considered to be the Elliot Ness, white, but with a white hat, not a partisan guy. He goes wherever yep. there's danger to mm-hmm. investigate things, said, you guys are really screwing up. And so I hope the House starts to pay attention because they can't deny this. This is... People need to trust that we're spending $34 billion as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's the and appreciate the call, Mark. Thanks so much. And, yeah, um, so I, I guess that uh, with, a, you know, you also alluded to as, you know, kind of getting back to the issue with the increase of the gas tax. And, and I think you pointed this out, too, on uh, Twitter, Senator Abler, is this was kind of uh, Governor Waltz's stunt this past week. He, in his own words, he's done trying to uh, – uh, trying to talk to the members of the Republican majority in the Senate. I'm going to go to their specific districts and uh, talk to their people and have their people call their senators and try to justify why they're not uh, wanting to fix our uh, crumbling infrastructure. Uh, and he went to New Hope to call out Senator Paul Anderson. One problem, uh, Paul Anderson doesn't represent uh, New Hope, uh, Senator Abler, as you uh, astutely pointed out. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, he kindly declined. And said, and he was actually at one o'clock that Tuesday. He was chairing the committee that he's the chairman of, right? Bill of. And just before the meeting, he was meeting with students actually from that, his school district. That he has eight percent represent that little district, but that school was not even his dirt to worry about. So, I thought of a term you might enjoy. I was in church this morning, and um, I thought of representing uh, versus imposing. Mm, okay, and I, I think that. In 2008, a bridge had fallen down. There was a proposal for a nickel. And people, it was controversial, but people didn't feel like they were abused in that. They thought, well, we need to fix our roads. That almost all went to bridges, by the way. Sure. Um, On this one, where he pretended to take a poll in the Ashland about 10 cents, and then did 20 cents, 
And then what's based on a series of postcards and slogans, do you want to fix the road or not? Right. And then actually imposing uh, 20 cents on the people when they are totally both, where they're not sold and they feel abused by that. I, there's, a, there's somewhere to go. I think I'm going to work on developing that thought about representing versus imposing. And I think hopefully that the, your listeners can get the hang of that as well and remind the individuals that you, you govern from the people on up, not from the top on down. And as I listen to people and I might, I publish my cell phone and, um, you know, they can call and tell me I've messed up or that I have a good idea. And I'm equally interested to hear from that. And that's what representation is about. Sure. Imperfect people going down to do what they can to make it work. Uh, but you can't ignore the will of the people. You've gone too far. And I think the governor has gone too far on this. And people need to speak up and talk to not just me, but everybody. Um, and also, it's lucky you have a, 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 a three-seat majority in the, in the Senate with, a, you know, two seats. You change two seats with a minority. We are the thin red line uh, protecting your listeners from all kinds of bad things. And so uh, we need to hang on to that in 2020. So it's a big, big deal. No question about it, and don't think we haven't uh, pointed that out the, on this program, Jim Abler, especially with the uh, special election that took place a month or two ago in Senate District 11, kind of uh, uh, widened the uh, majority ever so slightly, but it's, uh, as you said, it's it's so important uh, at this uh, particular juncture with everything that's going on. Again, we've been joined by Senator Jim Abler. He of Senate District 35 covering Ramsey, Anoka, Andover, and a sliver of Coon Rapids. Uh, Jim, always great to talk to you, my friend, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again very soon, sir, and uh, keep Fight the yeah, good well, fight. God bless your work, and God bless our amazing state and our amazing people. Indeed. Thank yeah. you, Jim. Appreciate the time, All sir. Right, appreciate it. Yeah. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, coming up with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here along with our general manager, Nick Anderson. We're highlighting our March Mayhem event. March Mayhem? March Mayhem. (laughs) This is a great deal. This is the first time we've ever done this. It is. It's giving you an opportunity, if you're a business owner, uh, somebody who runs a nonprofit, to take advantage and really grow your business. Yeah, and this is a really cool package. It's a $2,500 advertising package, regularly priced $4,000. So it's $1,500 off. And here's what you get. You get access to 50,000 of your best prospects, contact names of your best prospects, plus, ready? Plus, you get 25 radio commercials here to use in the month of March. And once the snow melts, it is going to be Home Improvement Central. So if you're a home improvement company, now is the time to take advantage of this sale. Yeah, and how do they take advantage of this? You have to be in the queue. We only have 10 of these packages. We've already sold one. So we have nine remaining. Here's how you get in the queue. You call our 
March Mayhem Hotline, 651-289-4444. 651-289-4444. We have to get you in the queue so we can keep track of it, but you leave your name, your number on the voicemail, and we'll get back to you. And the neat thing is about this, too, we're going to help you through this whole thing. We'll provide the contacts. We're going to help you develop the campaign, execute the campaign, write, produce the commercials, get everything done, basically turnkey. This is very turnkey. You know what? We work with a lot of small and medium-sized businesses. We know you have to work on your business, and you have to make money. Let us do the heavy lifting. Come and try us. The best way to do it, March Mayhem Hotline, 651-289-4444, 651-289-4444. We'll get right back to you, get you in the queue, and take advantage of this great offer. It's our March Mayhem event, 651-289-4444. Step into a Chet's-owned Red Wing store this season for non-insulated, waterproof, and water-resistant footwear. Need new boots for summer work? Check out our variety of steel, aluminum, and composite safety toe options. Don't forget our selection of regular toe footwear either. Too busy with projects this season to get to the store? Ask us about our mobile shoe service, where we bring the store to you. Or stop in to see us in Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Circle Pines, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Work is our work. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. And as promised, we do have a giveaway. And uh, normally, I make my listeners work for it, but uh, this time, I, I I'm just feeling generous today. The first caller into 651-289-4488 will receive the book Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. It's by author Wilfred Riley, who's going to be on with me at 2.30, by the way. So you're definitely going to want to tune in. But I'm going to give away a copy of the book now. Again, 651-289-4488. Jason is waiting right by the phone, ready to take the first caller that calls in. And uh, if you'd like a copy of the book, he will take your information down, and we will mail you a copy. It's that simple. Again, hate crime hoax, how the left is selling a fake race war. And what's interesting about this, this book came out just as the Jussie Smollett uh, situation started to come to light. Okay, so uh, it just fit right in with all of the news that is uh, going on uh, regarding the the, uh, hate crime phenomenon. Now, I'm not here to say that all hate crimes are hoaxes, not at all. But it just seems like they've become more pervasive, the hoaxes, that is, in the Trump administration because they're trying to foster a narrative that's been put out there that uh, President Trump is this big, flaming racist. So it looks like Jason is taking somebody's information right now, so uh, we will definitely convey that along as we get it. I do want to take this final segment to uh, talk about uh, a friend of mine and a friend of some of you listeners. uh, If you've been in Republican politics for any length of time, uh, you probably remember the name uh, Bridget Cronin. Uh, she was once upon a time, uh, Bridget Sutton was married to former Republican Party of Minnesota Chair Tony Sutton. Uh, Tony was the RPM chair from 2009 to the end of 2011 when he resigned. Uh, it was last week that I le- in fact, it was Monday, this past Monday, they learned that uh, Bridget Cronin sadly passed away after a terrible accident in her home. Uh, she was only 50 years old, and uh, Bridget was someone I considered, I, I wouldn't consider a good friend, but someone I got to know as, you know, obviously being involved in grassroots politics myself with her husband being the 
the chair from 2009 to 2011, and then got to know her a little bit on a social level as well, because we obviously had a lot of mutual friends. And she actually came on this radio show back in December of 2012. In fact, I looked at my blog to find out what we had talked about, and uh, we talked about one of the endeavors she was involved in. Now, for those of you who knew Bridget, she was not one that could rest easily. She always had to be active in doing something. And this was despite the fact that she had four young children. And uh, those children that she left behind ranged from ages uh, 23 down to age 10. So definitely, if you're the praying kind, say a prayer on behalf of her four children as, uh, well, they're without their mother now. And it was just a horrible thing to uh, to learn about, uh, Bridget's passing. And I'll be 50 years old in, in two months and so this was someone essentially my age, and and I just, and it just goes to prove that we aren't promised tomorrow. Something can happen, and we just don't know. We just don't see it coming. But uh, if you read a story that the Pioneer Press put forth about uh, Bridget and kind of gave an obituary, she left behind a, a legacy. She was very active in autism awareness because her oldest son, her oldest child, her son, her twenty three year old son, uh was uh, diagnosed with autism uh, when he was a youngster. And so obviously that was a passion near and dear to her heart. And what I got to know about Bridget is she didn't pay lip service to anything. She was willing to advocate on behalf of whomever. And when she came on my show in 2012, she talked about a, a, a organization that she was starting to foster young aspiring entrepreneurs, basically young people who were looking to maybe invent a product, be entrepreneurs, market a product. Bridget was willing to give them uh, support in doing so. And then she later went on to help found an organization, Ars Bellum, that worked with veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder and helped them get better through art therapy. So uh, this was something about which she was very passionate. And so she left behind an incredible legacy. And the one thing that I remember about her is no matter what kind of adversities she was going through, she always put the focus, a lot of times put the focus on other people. In part, maybe to not focus so much on her own situation, but to genuinely uplift others. It was the fall of 2013 when a Star Tribune story came out about her and her husband divorcing and their difficult financial situation. And I remember reading that, and thinking, my God, if I was ever in that kind of dire straits financially, I don't know that I'd ever want to leave my house. Because, you know, Bridget and her husband, now ex-husband, Tony, were very public figures. And so it was kind of blasted out there for everyone to see. But you know what? She still went out there and was just putting focus on other people. And that's what I remember about her most. Uh, Again, I alluded to the appearance she made on this show in 2012 to talk about the organization where she set up to help young aspiring entrepreneurs That happened to be two days after the tragic mass shooting that took place in Newtown, Connecticut at uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School, where youngsters, basically first and second graders, were shot dead. Now, at the time, she had children around that age. And I remember during one one of the breaks, she said to me, she says, we're we're not going to talk about Sandy Hook, are we? And it didn't occur to me to talk about it because, as a matter of fact, Mark Walters of Armed American Radio, who you can hear every Sunday night from 7 to 10 p.m. on these very airwaves, he was scheduled to come on to talk about Sandy Hook in the 2 o'clock hour. And so I said, no, Bridget, I, I, I'm going to talk about that in the second hour. I wasn't planning on talking 
about it with you unless there's something you wanted to say. And she says, you know, yeah, I think I, I think I, I, I have something to say about it. So she felt the need to convey a message to impart her wisdom on that incident, despite the fact children her own kid's age were killed in that tragedy. So if there's anything I remember about Bridget, it's how she was willing to take her eyes off of her own situation, her own discomfort, her own adversities, if you will, and focus on other people. And if there was any word of encouragement or action she could take to help others, she was willing to do it. And again, since uh, 2012, 2013, when she pretty much left grassroots politics and went on to focus on her advocacy work in other areas, I didn't see her a whole lot. So it'd been, I, I was trying to think the last time I saw her, it'd been a few years at least. But I always kept tabs on the various endeavors that she was involved in. And it always, and occasionally I'd send her a tweet or comment on her Facebook posts and just say, hey, Bridget, God bless you for what you're doing. You're, you're looking great. Glad things are going well for you, you know, whatever the situation, just to let her know that, you know, even though we weren't in contact, um, that I still had uh, an idea of what was going on with all her advocacy. So uh, Bridget Cronin, age 50, passing away uh, a week ago today, an accident that happened Saturday evening, and then uh, obviously the family made the difficult decision, uh, to, and she was pronounced uh, dead, I believe, last Sunday. So uh, memorial services are this week. I definitely uh, do a search for her uh, obituary. You can find out where to go celebrate her life because uh, she definitely did leave behind her tremendous legacy with all her advocacy for uh, veterans with PTSD as well as uh, her autism advocacy. So uh, rest in peace, uh, rest in peace, Bridget Cronin. Folks, that wraps up hour number one. Hour number two coming back in mere moments right here. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-472-1494. 800-472-1494. That's 800-472-1494. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away, so I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. 
Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. You may remember the baker Jack Phillips in Colorado. As a Christian, Phillips felt he could not in good conscience decorate cakes celebrating events that didn't square with his beliefs. The Colorado Civil Rights Commission opposed him, and finally the U.S. Supreme Court said the commission had acted prejudicially. But within weeks of the court's decision, the Civil Rights Commission brought another case against Phillips for declining to customize a cake celebrating a gender transition. One commissioner took to Twitter, calling him a hater. Finally, after six and a half years, the commission has decided to withdraw its complaint and let him bake cakes in peace. Perhaps the change from Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy to Brett Kavanaugh was a reality check. First Amendment religious rights and 14th Amendment civil rights are sometimes intention, but religious rights must not be put down by government agencies. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for the public square. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. AM 1280, The Patriot is W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.